Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The month of love. Yeah. Second month of the year is here. We are motoring through in the worst stretch ever, but it's a okay because Kansas basketball is bringing smile to our oh. That's okay. Anyways, welcome in everybody. We we find our ways to get on through. It is Super Bowl week, so I know that's a big deal for many people in the region that Kansas basketball is most prominent. So enjoy back-to-back years. I do believe that the Chiefs are going to wallop the Buccaneers. I don't know why people are worrying. Like, the Chiefs just don't lose these days. So it's not going to be that big of a deal. You're all good. Uh, This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, not the NFL talk show. If you want that, go down the radio dial here on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yeah, look, if, if you want it, we got it here in Belief. You want a football show? Great. You want a Buccaneers show? They got it. You want a Chiefs show? They got it. I'm pretty sure they have a Buccaneers show. feel pretty confident about that. Definitely an NFL talk show, though, for sure. But this is Kansas basketball. The last remaining blue butt, blood, blue blood, that's in the rankings, although just barely. Kansas is now number 23, and there is a lot happening in the world of Jayhawk basketball. It went on the air last week, somewhat doom and gloom and all that, but saying at least they take on a terrible TCU team and they should beat up on those horn frogs, those horny horn frogs. And what do you know? They put in just an atrocious performance. That was a disgusting game. I wish I had never watched it. Uh, KU coming out of that one, 59-51, the victory over TCU. And shout out Jamie Dixon, the guy who tested positive for the coronavirus, for COVID-19. Maybe he overcame it. No big deal. Who knows these with antibodies and whatnot. But then he proceeded to go the entire game with his mask around his chin with like the Abraham Lincoln beard look, yelling right in the faces of referees. Congratulations, Jamie Dixon. Kind of liked you before. Coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. But that's a, that's a jerk move right there. The optics of it were bad. So then Kansas barely scrapes by TCU. And then I think we sort of knew after that, how things were going to go on the road in Tennessee and Kansas. The Jayhawks just, they got walloped. Yeah, that was a bad one. Again, I, I looked at the clock in the, in the game when Kansas was already down like 25 or something. I said, how is there still, my God, 25 or eight minutes left in this game? Oh, but I watched it. I watched every minute for you, the people. So here's the thing about real quickly, like, do I think this Kansas team is really that good? No, this is not an excellent Kansas basketball team. This is not a top tier, top echelon team. Do I think that they probably would have gone and lost to Tennessee regardless? Most likely, yes. But it is, I I think it should be noted for those looking back on that Tennessee game. Remember that TCU game was rescheduled from early in the week. Kansas was supposed to play that game on the Tuesday of last week, 
and they ended up playing it on Thursday. And so they play that TCU game on Thursday, and then they travel to Knoxville, Tennessee for the Saturday game. A Thursday-Saturday schedule is not that big of a deal in the world of college basketball. The Pac-12 does that all the time. That's how they do their conference scheduling during normal times. You play either Thursday-Saturday or Friday-Sunday. And, of course, as we know, March Madness, NCAA tourney time, you go on that Thursday-Saturday or Friday-Sunday schedule. But the difference is there's no travel whatsoever in those instances for the Pac-12 in those conference games because of the way the conference works out. They have 12 teams, essentially six different bubbles or, or teams or pods of teams. So you would go to the Los Angeles area to play USC, UCLA. You would go to Arizona to face Arizona and Arizona State in the same weekend. Go to the Bay Area of California to play Cal and Stanford. You get the idea. And in the NCAA tournament, you're obviously always in the exact same site. So it's pretty much unheard of in college basketball to have an NBA style play on a Thursday, have a travel day, and be in a different time zone to take on you know, a, another basketball team. So this isn't excuse-making, but it is a caveat you should keep in mind when reflecting on that KU versus Tennessee game, that Kansas did something that they probably had never done before, certainly these players on, on the roster, having one day of travel uh, to the Eastern time zone to face a strong Tennessee team who, who really put it on the Jayhawks. But again, this KU team probably loses that game regardless. So all that's happened. And then, of course, this Tuesday, Kansas takes on Kansas State. I'm not going to review that game. That was a <laughs> that was a college basketball game that does not need to be reviewed ever again. Kansas did what they had to. Didn't think they really played that great. But K-State is just atrocious and a travesty to the sport. 74-51 to 51 was the final score. It wasn't even that close. <laughs> the scoreboard doesn't even reflect how the game actually went. As they like to say, K-State, just unbelievably awful. Turnovers galore. If they even got a shot up, I was surprised. I think KU played exceptionally well. But when you're going up against a team that's not even good enough for Division Three, you know, it is what it is. And I'm not saying that as an insult. Remember, do recall, Kansas State lost to Forte State who is mediocre in the, in the D3 level. So onwards we go. It's the month of love, like I said. Holler at me. Let me know your thoughts at JoeNasty90 on Twitter, at JonasN310 on Instagram for the DMs. Kansas travels to West Virginia. I was having some banter back and forth online saying, so what does Kansas need to do to stay ranked? They need to blow out K-State, which they did. Uh, the, the eye wash and the optics look good with a 23-point win. That'll do the job. If Kansas had just scraped by and even won that game by 8 or 9, I don't think that's good enough. But a 23-point win will do the job. And they probably need to beat West Virginia. Here's why it's not going to happen, though. One, probably not good enough, even though Oscar Sheboy is not no longer a Mountaineer. I just realized this. This is an afternoon, midday game being telecast 
on CBS. Now, that may mean nothing to most of the people listening, but there's a select few that know darn well that KU does not play well for whatever reason in those midday games on CBS. I don't know what it is. And, and insert your own joke about Kansas and March Madness here and how that's generally broadcast on CBS. <laughs> it's like, obviously, they don't do well on that broad on that network, America's most watched network. But going back to, and this is the game I remember and started it all. It was, remember, Thomas Robinson's grandparents or something had just passed. KU was in the midst of their longest home court winning streak. And again, I'm forgetting the year. I want to say 2011. Texas comes in with Jacobin Brown. Midday game. The Morris twins stay up all night consoling their brother. Thomas Robinson. They were all very close. FOE, family over everything. The team was clearly not in it. I think that was 2011 because uh, that was a KU team that really looked like they were the best team in the nation and had a tough time against VCU in the lead eight. And they lost that game broadcast on CBS. And it's just continued that since then, even if Kansas wins those games, uh, they, that midday time slot on CBS seems to never go well. Last year, I believe the home court loss to Baylor was that exact situation. So, yeah, once I just saw that a second ago, I don't like Kansas's chances against West Virginia. <laughs> and by the way, neither does ESPN. Again, the, the lines are not out until tomorrow, Friday. But the matchup predictor, 60, 60.7% to the Mountaineers. Should be fun. I want to quickly, though, since it is the month of love, Valentine's Day is coming up, so do something special for that special someone in your life. I want to show some love to a certain Jayhawk. This is a guy who has really been worn out by the fans. It's a guy who's taken some grief from myself here on this program. And I just want to quickly point out that David McCormack is playing some good basketball. He's been a bit more efficient. He's not necessarily fading away on every shot. You know, the rim protection isn't necessarily what you want from your big man, but he's at least trying on, on defense, right? And the numbers back me up on this. Ever since he was essentially benched versus Texas, let's call it the start of the new year, right? That Texas game, January 2nd, where he only scored eight points. McCormack has scored 15 or more in every game, save two. Those two games that he didn't score at least 15, uh, he only scored six in that loss at Baylor, and then he only scored nine in the loss at Oklahoma. And I'm showing some love, but you're going to see that this is actually going to turn into a bit of a backhanded compliment <laughs> segment here as I keep talking about DMAC. But look at some of the performances, right? Without McCormack, who knows where this team's at over this last run. Maybe they lose that game to TCU last week. Ugh, God. <laughs> oh, that game was so atrocious. Unbelievably bad. But 24 points against Oklahoma State, a game that Kansas came back in and honestly probably should have won. They had that three-point lead with about a minute left. 
So 24 points, big part of the comeback. 15 against TCU last week in a game that Kansas only wins by eight. So, yeah, big part of that. Uh, 17 against Tennessee, unfortunately. Although, And, again, 18 points against K-State this past Tuesday. And I didn't throw in the game, the, the numbers against. We know he essentially won KU that first Oklahoma game on the ninth. So David McCormack is playing really well. He's assertive. He's active. This is a bit more what we expected heading into the year. But here's the flip side. I do not believe that David McCormack being a star is what this team needs. I have never once asserted that, hey, once David McCormack turns the corner, look out for this Kansas basketball team. In fact, I think it's a detriment to this group for him to be the focal point of their offense. If he is getting 24 and guys like Abaji and Brown and Wilson and the perimeter guys are chipping in 15 to 20 as well, heck, even just like 12 to 15 on the lower end of the scale, then you're cooking with fire here. But the fact of the matter is right now, Defensively, Kansas guarding three-point line is not doing well. It may be some bad luck, some shot luck, I was going to call it. But the fact of the matter was, I think the number was, in January, Kansas's opponents shot about 44% from three. So for the month of January, Kansas was facing Steph Curry. And you you wonder why... KU looked so atrocious in that past month. Of course, that's highlighted by the performance that Texas put on and also Tennessee this past weekend. Every three was going up and in. Oklahoma State was hot from three, if you recall, and Baylor with Jared Butler going off for his 30 points was nailing everything from deep. So think about that. Mathematically, David McCormack playing well Making that one three, yes, that was remarkable. <laughs> but, no, for argument's sake, he's making just two-point shots. I am terrible at math. But even I know that the number two is less than the number three. And if your opponent is knocking down three after three after three, and you're, like, occasionally putting in a couple deuces... Mathematically, you're not going to win a lot of games. So the problem still lies within the perimeter issues for Kansas. Christian Brown had a nice little game against Kansas State. Again, throw that tip away. It's not going to do anything for us. He's been non-existent against the more important opponents recently. Same with Jalen Wilson. Abaji has played well. And every time I think that Abaji has turned a corner and this is a go-to player and look out NBA... He puts up a stinker. I mean, that game against Tennessee, I think Abaji was non-existent, if I remember. I'm looking up the, the box score right now. Yeah, nine points for Abaji. One of nine from three. So here's the thing for Kansas moving forward. As we go into this new month, what are we looking at? One, it's all going to be perimeter-oriented. Will Kansas get their three ball going again? They've been ice cold. 
a lot of their best shooters, they've just hit a wall. And on the flip side, will Kansas make it a little bit difficult for the other team to shoot from beyond the perimeter? Because it doesn't matter who you are. If you're Gonzaga, if you're Baylor this season, if your opponents are going to shoot around 44% from three, you're going to lose. But the difference is Baylor is elite defensively. Gonzaga is really good also, and they're putting up about 90 to 100 every night. Something to keep an eye on, right? As we move through, will the averages average out, for lack of a better term? All right. David, I'm glad that your season is turned around, but we need McCormack to be a contributor, not the man. A solid contributor, yes, but not necessarily the man. I'm going to close things out because there's a really weird, I don't know, turn of events coming up here for Kansas. It's really strange. So I basically spent the first segment, right, talking about the anomaly that was Kansas traveling to Tennessee on the back of one day off, right? Well, Kansas is about to get hit with the even more rare three-game week. Here is the schedule coming up for Kansas, and prepare yourselves accordingly. I don't know if I can handle this much Kansas basketball, at least from this group. If this was last year's team, I'd say, can we have five games in five days? Saturday at West Virginia. Quick flip. Or Big Monday. Yes, I just I know I just said that this never happens, but usually when the Big 12 gives you that quick turnaround, you're usually going home, right? Not going to a road game. So at West Virginia, come back to face Oklahoma State, who KU, of course, lost to. Could it be? This is a home game. I like our chances. And then, very interestingly... Just a few days later, on the 11th, so Big Monday versus Oklahoma State. Then on Thursday, Kansas will host Iowa State. I believe this is the game that got postponed, the game that Kansas was supposed to play uh, after the OSU game, the Saturday after. So play that game on the Thursday, the 11th. And then the day before Valentine's Day, the very next Saturday, They travel to Ames to face Iowa State. So between now and our next show, well, Kansas will have will will have played two games with another one coming up that night. And then a quick turnaround. By the time you're probably listening next Friday or something like that, they'll be traveling to Ames. So another quick, tough. You know, Kansas will have to play at home and then travel. Again, look, you want to blame the talent. You want to blame the recruiting. You want to blame guys not developing like me. It's all fair and valid. You want to maybe push the narrative that maybe Bill Self isn't doing all that he can with this group, which I have said. And, hey, who was it, who was it that said maybe Kansas should use their depth and all the players that they have and maybe – Push up the court a bit. I watched the K-State game. Oh, KU has a little token pressure. Pushing the defense up the court a bit here and there. So he's tinkering. 
Bill Self, clearly a big fan of the show. What's up, Bill? Come on. Come join us. But it can't be denied that, right, everything with COVID has made life really tough. Personal interactions, seeing your family, seeing the student body, and the postponements, the travel, all of it, it it can't be denied. Just the difference is everyone's dealing with it, right? This isn't a Kansas-specific issue. But who knows, right? Who, who knows what the season would look like if, if it was normal and these guys had a normal preseason together, normal travel, normal human interactions. Maybe we, we wouldn't be wailing and groaning as much as the season goes on. Or maybe we would because every broadcast you, you watch, everyone's like, you know, it's just the talent is not there for this Kansas team, which shut up. It's not an issue. All right. Appreciate you listening. <laughs> Had some fun. Shout out to Dave McCormack. Shout out to the schedule makers. Certainly did not make it easy for Kansas. But if you do want to see the carrot at the end, they face West Virginia on Saturday. And then you've got Oklahoma State, a team Kansas can beat. And then the three in a row, Iowa State, Iowa State, K-State. You really have an opportunity right now to get healthy. Build some momentum on Saturday. Go up against the bottom table of teams. And then you finish the season with Texas Tech, Texas, and Baylor. (laughs) Hey, this is what we said, right? This is what I said. Things are in dire straits right now. But if you can find a groove, again, Kansas isn't going to win the Big 12 this year. That's established. You find a groove, you start playing well through the month of February, pick up a good win against West Virginia, right? Find your groove, find your shooting stroke against Iowa State and Kansas State. You host Texas Tech, you host Baylor. Then who knows, right? Am I fully confident in what I'm saying right now? <laughs> confident enough to put it on tape, but you know, what's, what's the group done to prove me correct? Not much. All right. Appreciate everybody's time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed bringing it to you uh, as I do every week. It's a nice source of brevity and good times, even with the tough season and, of course, a tough world around us. Uh, take care. Stay vigilant. Much love, baby. Uh, if you're getting vaccinated, let me know how it's going. Uh, myself, as a young not in the, uh, an important industry job wise probably won't be getting my vaccine until you know next year at this rate way down the list but it's okay hope everyone's doing well feel free to interact with the show if you have questions comments concerns you just want to talk about good pizza recipes let me know i will wish you a great weekend enjoy the games enjoy the west virginia game and all the flurry of basketball to come next week. Uh, next week should be a hoops heaven hotbed. I'll speak with you next Thursday. Rock Chalk. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.